OTBGAA. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Very good morning to you. Welcome along to Thursday morning's OTBAM. We're here with you as per usual until 10 o'clock this morning. It's a, a very busy and stacked studio, I have to say, this morning. Delighted to welcome back, as always, Johnny Ward. Johnny, good morning. What do you mean, delighted to welcome back, as always? I'm, I'm peripheral kind peripheral, of character perennial, on the show. Like, yeah. yeah. Peripheral, perennial. Part of the woodwork. You were, <laughs> you've, got the a bed, you've got a bed underneath the, the desk there. You hit, um, I won't hear of it. Tonight you'll sleep on the floor of your office. <laughs> um, you were up early, Shane. I was up very early, yeah. yeah. 4.45 start. 4.45 start. Uh, the guys here work hard too. Colin Buhig and Kathleen McNamee, good morning. Hi, Shane. Morning. Johnny, Johnny don't ever doubt your uh, involvement in the show. If we won that is the, short, if we won, if we won the league, you'd have enough games to get a medal. Yeah. For was, sure. it, was it Jeff yeah. Kenna? The media league. Oh, yeah. Did With Jeff Kenna have Phillips. nine games for Blackburn when they won the league? Oh, I don't was know. Was it Jeff yeah. Kenna? 10, they, is it? Yeah. You know, yeah. they subsequently changed that rule. They're kinder about it. Are they? Yeah, because players used to miss out very unfortunately. Quentin Fortune. Quite an unfortune. Oh, oh I see what you Because he missed out. Misfortune. He missed out. He missed out. Misfortune. Unfortunate. Do you know, um, just thinking of Monaghan early rising, Patrick Kavanagh, when he first came to Dublin, he walked. He mm. walked to Dublin? He just walked. Like He was like, I'm, I'm going from Inneskeen in Monaghan um, to Dublin. But like, it's quite yeah, a walk. It's quite a walk. Like, So you, you, had it, you had it easy. At least I was in a vehicle. Yeah. Do you know? That's not vehicle. so bad. Making make me feel bad now. Maybe yeah. I should have walked. Our next door neighbour during the old days of Connacht finals over in Roscommon used to get up in the morning, walk from Screen, which is like practically in Ballina, all the way to Roscommon and be there in time for nine o'clock mass before the match. How long a walk is that? I mean, it's like an hour and a half drive-ish. Did the mass really help? (laughs) Eh, questionable. (laughs) I did the the Camino before. Probably just needed a little. How long does that, that take? Coming to Santiago, uh, we only did we did four days. We did the last. You get the certificate if you do the last hundred k. It's a seven hundred and eighty kilometer walk. The Camino France from uh, Saint Jean Pierre du Port to Santiago de Compostela. You'd be raging if you did the full seven hundred k and people mm. get a certificate for doing a hundred. You have long walks. Oh, segue. <laughs> the opposition goalkeeper last night, Shane Hannan, in your game, had a long walk to the shower afterwards because it's three all. It's the cup semi final, Johnny. What are this we talking guy, about here? This guy, this guy, the presenter, your presenter. Monaghan Town. Right. Versus Cavan Town last days night. Oh. Last, yesterday. Then drove up north for a game. Mm. What happened? Well, it, was a, it was a big one. I, I, you know what You know what happened, right? I was up front. I was in the number 10 role, actually, behind oh, yeah. the main striker. Doing a bit of running. I uh, wasn't having the greatest game I've had. Probably an average game, I'd say. I uh, wasn't happy with overall my performance. Three all. We were 2-0 up at half time. We nearly were throwing this game away here. Heading to extra time, Johnny. Like, I didn't want to talk about this, but... Colin, thank yeah. you for bringing it up. Um, and yeah, missed the chance in the 88th minute to win it. What sort of chance? I was stretching and I tried to flick it past the keeper, but I was just too tired. I couldn't get there properly in time. I think, Not I fit think. enough. Not fit enough. Mm. And then 92nd minute, get the ball 30 yards out, take a nice touch past the defender. I look up. I'm thinking, take it. You have one here. I'm going to have one here. Belted it. Curled into the top bins. Top, top corner 4-3 4-3 win We didn't even have to Have extra time so Didn't even mention that So all the Cavan Town lads out there 
commiserations, but uh, it was actually a good game. It was important to mention, like, this is a day in the life of Shane Hannon. It's a very talented family, it has to be said. Well, yeah, listen, yeah, I mean, we, we've had it before, but well, listen, you, you obviously can play a bit. We're delighted, so congrats to all the town lads. We've, we've a cup final to look forward to, so always fun. Yeah. So that I presume that's like Ulster Cup, then, is it? Uh, no, it's a, it's a Premier Cup in the Monaghan Cavan League. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Monaghan Cavan is is like the the merge league and merge league. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So any okay. sign of uh, a League of Ireland team to emerge? I'd love to see one, Johnny. Yeah. I'd love to see one in, in the area back again, but uh, yeah, because I used to be a ball boy, as you know, in Monaghan United. Mm. With the cows in the background, it was one of those famous pitches. Go to Keegan. That's what we played last night. Actually, go to Keegan. Oh, lovely! Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you, well, did anyone record this? You hit top in. That's what. Anyone out there? Proof, we like, want you know. uh, proof of Shane Hand. A winner in the top corner of Gert Keegan. That yeah. that wouldn't mean a lot to me. That well, if anyone has that as a, if anyone who was at, at at the match as a spectator has a video, please send it my my direction. Mm. Not because I want, not because I have an ego or anything. Maybe I do. I'd love, I'd love to see a video of like scoring a great goal, any goal actually. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know all the TVs that are outside the office here, just it playing on a loop so oh, that yeah. everyone yeah. throughout the building can see Shane Hannon. Ah, oh, fantastic! You well, never uh, mentioned it like all morning. We've been here like all morning. You never mentioned it. Guy, I like that. I like that. Guy, it was you know? Surprised in the running order for you. It was a little yeah, surprised. Yeah. I'd be all over it. Little nugget. Yeah. I'm on. I'm on a scoring spree. My manager said to me before the match, "You're on a bit of a spree at the minute." Mm-hmm. Little as you know, I've scored in the last eight games. Wow, straight. So Johnny. I know where the onion bag is. Yeah, that's my that's my phrase that I've come up come up with a, a thousand times this show. We've gone with the strongest segment, so on to the second strongest, the Milan derby. <laughs> oh, the, the second yeah. most important match last night, yeah. the Champions League semi final. Um, decent game. It was alright. Like Inter, I, I I sat down to watch this. Really looking forward to haven't watched the Milan derby in a long time. It's the first time they met each other in Champions League since two thousand and five, and they played each other in the two thousand and three semi final, which mm. AC Milan won. But the, uh, Milan were going into this game feeling very inferior to their neighbours what's that about I don't know because there's only one place and two points between them in Serie A but Inter uh, are considered the far better team and they showed it like they flew out of the traps two Premier League uh, cult heroes Henrik Mkhitaryan and Edin Dzeko given Inter it's a such a throwback when I saw Mkhitaryan's name on the he's a player now I, I'm very upset it didn't work out for him in the that Premier League uh, both, uh, both at Manchester United and then Arsenal. He scored in the Europa League final for United. Didn't yeah, he? I, he was decent, but like, he just said it. He was at the club at the wrong time. Like mm. you know, like I think he'd be better off now. But a fine player, great finish, great um, dummy work by Zeko for that goal as well. He dragged the defenders away. Good finish, but I, as you said, like the Zeko finish. Oh, poacher, pure, pure instinct yeah. and direction. Uh, they could have gone three 0 up, smacked the post. Mm. As well, Chalinoglu's yeah, that his, was a, uh, a, a general Milan hero for both sides. Yeah. Uh, over the years uh, now in fairness AC were much better in the second half Tanali hit the post Yeah, that could have made it interesting but I can't help but feel I don't know about you that it's going to be an Inter-Madrid final mm. I, think Madrid will, I think Madrid will do City I think they'll do City At next the end, week that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting show I, know, I really do I think Madrid are going to do City and I, and I think very disappointingly it's going to be an Inter-Madrid final Disappointing, it could be a on paper. Point. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'll, I'll wait to see it. But uh, Man City have been far better at home than um, I, I like. I thought the other night I gave Madrid a great chance, and City were heavy favourites to win the game, which I thought was questionable. Um, but they've been far better um, at home, and I think they'd be very happy with one one. Mm. I wouldn't really. I I don't think Real are actually that good. I just think they're very well coached. Oh, totally. They're reliant on three players with an average age of thirty five, and we talk about Zeko, but 
Cruz Modric and um, Benzema are 33, 35 and 37 respectively Incredible. and it's mad that they're able to compete at that level but City at I home they're the kind of players that their age doesn't really matter in this it should, it should. Like, like how is Modric at 37 able to play at that tempo it's, it's incredible he's generational talent though he is. I mean I, mm. like you're saying like I don't think it's the age like he's he's conditioned so well yeah that it's kind of irrelevant and also he's not like up and down all day for you. True. You know, that, that's, and that's not his biggest part of the game. He can do that. It's absolutely. not irrelevant though. At 37, totally. it's asking an incredible, totally. incredible um, outlier to be able to play at that level at 37. LeBron James is 37. Mm. Lakers yeah. lost the Warriors yeah. last night. Seco's 37. Yeah, yeah. It's mad. Mkhitaryan's 34. Peak. I think, is football going to get to the They're point? the oldest scorers in a knockout Champions League game actually, the two right. of them. Yeah. Uh, do you, wow. do you mm. feel like sports science is going to get to the point where like in, yeah. in 50 years time you'll have players who are, I don't know, what, 45? And still playing what would hundred percent like non goalkeepers? I mean, they're going to be playing into their forties. Yeah, mm. look how fit these people are. Like even even look at the GAA. Yeah, after the match, like if they be taken off the top, or whatever. Like the conditioning of these oh, players, like ridiculous. They're compared compared, compared, to, to, so, compared you know? to twenty years ago, where you, they just simply weren't. Mm. You know, you could just see that they they didn't do any extra work in the gym. And you would say that for professional sport in England, like ten years ago, look at the just look at the players' bodies. Like they're just not anywhere near what they're like now. They, these people live like the perfect mm. monk style life where it's just football consuming no crack all the like. time I mean, no I'd say the peak to play would have been about 20 years ago where funny. you would have made a bit of money you know and you're also able to enjoy yourself yeah. when, we were, when we were younger uh, you know when we were collecting those stickers and stuff I thought of oh, footballers are real professional I was listening to the Keith Tracy podcast that you recommended to me I finished it on Talking Bollocks and it was very very good mm. very very good it's two hours in duration mm. if you haven't listened to Colin recommended it to me and I, I literally uh, listened to it in two one hour segments and it was unbelievable the, the stories from it and there was one point where he was talking about the, the drinking sessions that, that they would have got up to at uh, which was it Blackburn but he said that the drinking went on at like even as late as 2008-2009 and I, I was thinking at that period footballers are ultra professional but he was like well, not fully they were in the physio room and, and players were absolutely loaded mm. you know what just waking up the next morning after a night out and going in and getting the physio still drunk I, I like Paul Joyce after the Sligo win just saying yeah the lads of course will enjoy it you know yeah. it's just being kind yeah. of treat them like um, you know human beings human beings adults yeah, yeah. How did you celebrate last night? Ah, it was quite one last night, John. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, the midweek games don't lend themselves to the to the proper celebration. When's the final? We don't know yet. It'll be the next couple of weeks. Can we get a camera on it? We should actually. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that'd be a good. Your reporters yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, the pressure will be on then. To It'll be a nice little AM day out, night out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We, we, we need to take, take this stuff on the road, like you know, True. the people want it. Sorry, can I just uh, mention one thing before we move off the Grand Derby? Thank you. The Martinez penalty incident. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you see that? Did everyone see this? Like that's what Stephen McManaman said. In fact, wow! When the referee sorry, was walking and that's over. what I want to talk about is the reaction to it, right? Mm. So like, it, it looked like a penalty watching it live. Yeah. But the referee made the right decision. Then the refs told, I think you need to go look at this. Mm. And fair play to the ref. He was like, ah, actually, I got that wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then you watch it back and you're like, yeah, he did get it wrong. And he corrected it. Now, Phil Egan made the point this morning in the office, if that was in the Premier League, I bet you it wouldn't have been overturned. I bet you it would have been like, okay, we better keep, keep calm and carry on. Too style. stubborn. Yeah. BT Sport, um, in the halftime break, I thought they focused too much on that incident alone and didn't talk about the football. And this is a running theme at the moment mm. in analysis of games. People are obsessed with incidents and don't actually talk about the tactical nuance yeah. of the game. Yeah. You know, obsessed with what actually happens. And the whole complaint at half time by Stephen Gerrard and everybody else in the studio was, why did the ref go to VAR? 
Yeah. But, but that's the whole point of VAR. He never even touched. He didn't touch it. It was brilliantly used. Yeah. I think everyone was happy with that decision. Unnamed LOI official, I was, I was just DMing him on Instagram yesterday. He goes, with a bit of luck, the push comes to get VAR in eventually in the League of Ireland. I was like, I did not expect uh, an official to say that because I don't want VAR in the League of Ireland. Like, you don't want VAR in the No, league because, league. because, see, like, Shamrock Rovers and Bowes, like, on Friday, that was a game where VAR would have definitely helped Bowes. But, like, I, I like the fact that officials make the decisions. I like the fact that human error is still You wouldn't there. like it if Galway and Edward were in a promotion playoff. And and absolutely irrelevant. No, why is that irrelevant? It's, it doesn't matter. It's just like you can't pick like oh my look my club. It's like I don't like VAR in general. I think it's taken the what about goal line technology? Yeah, f- that's fine. I wonder will it be implemented? Yeah, take a bit it, of technology obviously and a bit of money, but sure. Yeah, I, but I'm I, like, thinking like even like look at some of the WSL sta- stadiums which aren't that far off. Some of the sizes mm. of the League of Ireland stadiums and like for them they are saying it's like seven plus years off getting VAR in. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, like most of them are like, there's not a hope. There'll probably be more games in the men's side of things than there will be like in the clubs and Jesus, on, the on paper you think it's such an easy thing to mm. implement but obviously I don't know what well because you need like the cameras and you need the facilities to set up the cameras there and then you also need somewhere to put the VAR in the same way you know like the TMO has a room in rugby or whatever you need someone to put them there you need mm. to make sure that all the technology works and you need someone to oversee the technology on the day like you say VAR but there's actually five or six different people behind it. Yeah. It is, but it's had so many iterations already where now, like, we're at the stage where stuff is, like, let go probably too easily and it's gone from one extreme to the other. I just I just like the old-fashioned way. Just yeah. let the referee decide. Let the linesman or lineswoman decide if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. So what? Move on. Yeah. You must be delighted with Virgin Media's decision. I am, I am. And, like, um... It was interesting with Virgin when Virgin did Shamrock Rovers bows. It did it relatively on the cheap, like, and it. I I've uh, done work for Virgin. It's it's a commercial operation, and like it, it doesn't have the money that RT has from uh, license uh, fees. So it has to do things in a way to make money. And I've absolutely no problem if Virgin doesn't show the League of Ireland because it it, it has no remit to show the League of Ireland. It can show whatever it wants. It has to make money. And it seems that it was happy enough with the Bose Rovers game to do it with the kind of um, the video access it already has. Have a studio. Don't overspend. It still came across very well. And yeah. show five more games. And Virgin around the game did so much. Like, you know, they brought the weatherman out to Daily Mount. And uh, the League of Ireland is quite insecure. Now, it, it's kind of coming out of that. But there was so much love for Virgin because it was showing us love. And I'd love if TG Carr did the same thing. Yeah. TG Carr seems to show every game under the sun. I don't see why he can't show a League of Ireland game and do relatively on the cheap like Virgin because I think it would get the same love. But, yeah, I'm delighted. And, you know, the it gave an opportunity for more people in the studio as well um, to see, like, to get their name kind of out in the League of Ireland circle. And the League of Ireland is very, very watchable at the moment. Like, yeah, for sure. forget about Shane Hannan and Gerta Keegan. This, this stuff. <laughs> Is top bins like it is very watchable. It I never is. want to hear that sentence uttered again in the studio. Which we'll forget, forget about, about Shane, Shane Hannon and Keegan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll never forget. No, no, never forget. I have one more recommendation for you before I go. Richard go. Harris's book uh, by Joe Jackson. This follows on the Big Night recommendation via Cameron Hill. Mm. Uh, fantastic. If you oh, want is Richard Harris book, in Big Night. No, no. Oh, sorry, that was just no. But it's just a culture. It's cultural week here. O T B A M Culture Club is Thank now a yeah. trendy section. I'm a big, big Richard Harris fan. To get that out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, the Milan derby second leg next week. Rafael Leao's absence as well for for AC was a a big blow. I have to say, certainly could have turned. I love the the giant banner on display as well. I was trying to find a translation for it. The devil's face that the AC fans had it says "Hell is empty. All the devils are here." Oh, Jesus, that's intimidating. Yeah, in Italian, of course. You wouldn't get that at the Etihad. You certainly don't get that at the Etihad. Or go to Keegan either. 
Um, but yeah, AC Nail Enter 2. Uh, so just time to kind of bring you what's going to come up. Mm. Now you are calling it that it's uh, Madrid beating. Yeah, Madrid Inter, I think. Shane, you're not having that, are you? I'm not, I'm not having no. that. No, no, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to see. I'd like to see. <laughs> uh, Madrid. We're going Madrid. I'm going to go Madrid as well. Here's, here's what's coming up between now and 10 o'clock on the show this morning. We've got Jilly Flaherty coming up in around 15 minutes' time talking the WSL last night. Big wins for Arsenal and for Chelsea. 20 past 8, the hurling power rankings with our own Willow Callaghan. Uh, John Duggan back in studio with us at 8.40 as well. Uh, John Ryan, the former Munster in Ireland uh, star at 8.50. Uh, Ger Brennan will be with us as well as Darren Clark, the former Dublin and Louth players respectively to preview the Leinster Senior Football Final this weekend. That is at 10 past 9. We're talking the Oakland A's yes. from uh, half, half past 9, which is from last night's show it's OTBM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now Kathleen you were with Vera Pau during the week and you got managed to see the, the Women's World Cup trophy in person yeah it was a pretty cool event uh, it was over in Irish Town yesterday they had the World Cup trophy there they had blitzes for loads of schoolgirls. so there's a picture on screen now for anyone who's watching of Abby Larkin and Vera Pau with the trophy and it was just a really nice atmosphere they were like you know all the girls were excited they were running up to Abby Larkin Olivia O'Toole the, the legend that she is was there as well um, and when I was standing talking to Olivia and this one little girl came up to her and she was like Olivia my coach asked me to ask you how do you score so many goals ah. and it's just like it was just a really nice atmosphere and you know a good way to set up the excitement ahead of the the World Cup uh, Olivia O'Toole was also great I love her she's so funny mm-hmm. I was kind of like loitering around the World Cup trophy and she was like Kathleen stand in there now and get your picture taken like with the official photographers and I was like Olivia they don't want a picture of me like they want a picture of you and she was like nope you've done a lot of coverage you deserve to stand in there and have your moment and I was like that's so nice Class. Um, but yeah it was really interesting chatting to Vera as well at the event so I don't know how much you guys have been following this but there's been a bit of controversy in the lead up to the World Cup where the European Club Association has said that players shouldn't be released until 10 days before the tournament starts which is difficult because that's also the same day that most players are supposed to be flying out. You know, generally you get about two weeks before a tournament. It's kind of the same in the meds game. And uh, Vera Powell had some very strong comments on it, which we have to play for a clip for you all now. There was talk from the European Clubs Association about releasing players within international windows only. Is that something you're concerned about in terms of the squad? I'm really concerned. It's not been wise of uh, the European Club Association to say it like that. There's players that do not have any football for 11 weeks. If you would only release them on the 10th of July with a 10-hour jet lag going to Australia, you can put your ambulances next to the stadium to put to transport them to hospital with ACLs. So uh, what they say, the safety of players, they need to ask the experts first before they come out with something. Um, what they have to say and that is what I want to give to them is every single player needs to have at least two weeks of rest before you build up again that makes sense and that is something that they should say not the release of 10th of July with finishing leagues now last week Uh, because there's players 11 weeks without football it's crazy and it's just a panic reaction on the base of all the injuries in England Um, they should look at their own clubs of the training methods, why do Chelsea not have it and why do other clubs have it? That is what they need to find out. That's interesting. They are never afraid to 
give her opinion? Yeah, definitely a woman who isn't afraid of making a statement. It is interesting because like, she does have a point in that, say, the championship has just finished up in England. And so take our players that are in Birmingham or London City Lionesses, you know, your Louise Quinn, mm. Lily Ag. They have no football now until the next international window. And she, it wasn't played in that clip, but she said a little bit later on that last week the FAI were forced to write to every single individual club of all the potential people who will be in the squad and just say, like, look, this is outlining, this is what we want to do with the squad. This is how your players are going to be treated. This is our plans. And she was like, you know, normally you'd have conversations with the clubs anyways around those sort of things, but this just required that extra level when they're in the middle of their World Cup prep like she was saying that they're already shipping all their stuff out to Australia this week which I was like oh that's bad I keep thinking it's ages away and then I realised yeah that it's not actually that far away um, so yeah it's been interesting she is very much of the opinion that this is just a knee-jerk reaction to the ongoing ACL crisis in the game um, she mentioned Chelsea there Emma Hayes has like come out and she has said that you know something does need to be done but kind of didn't really lie down on either side of what that is Mm. personally it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me especially for the European clubs who are you know going to be dealing or the European players who are going to be dealing with you know jet lag if you're sending them out 10 days before the tournament they haven't had any football in like several weeks it does just sound like a recipe for a disaster in my mind anyways so it's during it's during the off season the pre-season for the clubs yeah, so why, so why, why do they care when the players are sent off? I think they're thinking more of the top leagues necessarily than they are, say, something like the championship. So the WSL still has another like couple of rounds left to grow. So they are going to have less time to chill ahead of the World Cup. And there still is another international window before they're let go for the official World Cup one. Um, you know, the way Ireland are playing Zambia and France. So I think that's part of it, but also... It just, I feel like that's the sort of thing where there has to be something better than saying to players, you're only allowed to leave your club literally the day you have to fly to, or from your club's remit, the day you fly out to Australia. Like, I can't imagine players like Katie McCabe are all that happy with that as a a way of prepping for a World Cup. Like, I know she'll probably be doing stuff herself, but as the captain of the team as well, I'm sure she probably wants to be in that atmosphere and, you know, getting people together. So there's going to be nerves as well. It's our first World Cup. I, I'm talking about this specifically from an Ireland's point of view. Yeah. But, you know, there's going to be nerves. There's going to be players who have never played in front of those sort of crowds. You know, closest is probably the girls in England who have played in FA Cup finals and stuff. They're going to need that time to get their heads around everything and yeah I don't know I just I do get what the ECA are saying and that there should be protections to players so that we don't have say like a situation with the men's world cup where you know that was in the middle of a season and it was a lot of players have said since then that they're absolutely wrecked and it's taken a big toll on their body and their mental health Mm. I I totally get there should be protections I'm just not sure if the ACA are going about this the right way at the moment I just hope that they that they they maybe see sense but also that if they don't see sense then the Irish team can just forget about it because you can let this fester and get into your head ahead of a tournament and you see even the likes of say the French men's team in 2010 if something small can get into a camp and you can let it 
bother you and annoy you and, and not let it go. But I guess it's the same for, for everyone. It's the only thing. Yeah, it is the same for everyone. But also, I don't... Because technically, all the work that the ECA does with like FIFA and international federations, it's all kind of based on understanding or like memorandums of understanding. So... Mm. They they have a memorandum of understanding with FIFA, which is a signed document, but it's not 100% binding. You know, it's yeah. kind of based on people's goodwill. So it makes me wonder, you know, is there a possibility that, say, players can't... Say England, like most of them are playing in England, based in England. Is there a chance that they can bop up and down to St. George's Park in that time? Mm. But the Irish players aren't given that same opportunity or you know if Leon say to their players oh yeah you can all go off we don't mind you take it as a holiday go to your international body we don't mind there is a little bit of room for disparity there depending on how a club reacts to it yeah um so yeah I again it's one of those things I don't know how big of an impact it may or may not have it strikes me as something that at the end of the day, they're going to have to talk to the players and be like, well, what do you want? And maybe trust in that. And I know you can't always trust a player. The ongoing argument would say HIA or something that players just want to play through injury. Um, so like I said, I don't know what the right thing is, but I do think Vera has a point when she says that it doesn't sound particularly healthy to for players to be coming in and having to fly out straight away, go straight into a camp. There's... Sh- possibly going to be a warm-up game over in Australia in those 10 days against another World Cup side for Ireland. Um, That's still to be confirmed, but there's a potential that that's going to happen. So you fly out, you have two or three days to recover jet lag, you haven't played football in 11 weeks, and you're expected to play a game, and then go into the biggest game of your career Mm. in front of 80,000 people, the host nation. I mean, like... I'm getting jitters just thinking yeah. about it and I don't actually have to do it. <laughs> in the Southern Hemisphere as well, there's so much to take in for that team. Like, um, It's going to be very, very difficult. Oh, 80,000 people. A lot of Irish people like mm. as well. Yeah, I think the general consensus seems to be that the crowd is going to be pretty, you know, 50-50. Right. Or if not 50-50, 60-40, which is pretty good considering how far away Australia mm. is. Um like I was talking to Jonathan Hill yesterday, um, the head of the FAI, and he was saying that they've had so much contact from groups down in Australia, either like AFL clubs, like GA clubs, just general Irish Australian groups down there, all trying to organise like watch parties and being like, is there any chance we could get like one of the players to turn up at some stage to like come <laughs> say hello or give a training session or whatever it is? Uh, obviously, their full focus is on the games, but you can understand why people are like, they're down here, we might as well chance our arms. They just want a piece of it. Yeah, so he was saying that it's been the response down there almost already has it's almost made more of an impact down there mm. than they're seeing up here at the moment, which I thought was kind of interesting. But I think it's the sort of thing with, say, the trophy was at the Mansion House yesterday for three hours as well. So anyone could go in and see it and get their photos taken. And there's lots of events starting to pop up. I mean, there's one tonight um, for Off the Ball in the Square Ball that Jer is hosting with Anya Gorman and Linda Gorman, who was on the original women's national team. So... You know, there's lots of exciting things starting to happen and starting to get that hype hype train going. That 1973 team were in. I know you spoke to them as well, Kathleen, the last week. They're on the Late Late Show as well. They were doing the rounds, talking about the the historic 
first game in, uh, for an Irish women's team. I remember there was one of them that spoke in the late late show as well about. Um, she says she watches a lot of this current team and she feels like she feels confident they could get out of the group. Mm. Like I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but is there actually a chance, a chance we could get out of the group? I think everyone is kind of basing it on if we can get a result, so like a win or a draw against Australia in that first game. That probably is what any success for this team hinges on because, and of course, it had to be the first game against Australia. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, because if we can do that and if we can get a result against Nigeria, then there is a possibility. And also, chances are, if that happens, we'll be coming second in the group and probably facing England in the next round, Fantastic. which would be, you know, be pretty iconic if it did happen. Uh, it's interesting because I was asking Vera yesterday, I was like, oh, you know, I'm sure she's coached so many different teams like lifting that trophy that you're standing beside now has probably always been a dream. And I was like, is there any chance we might see that in Australia? And she just shut it down straight away. I I, I was kind of asking, being a bit funny, like I don't really think there's a chance of it either. But it was just, it was almost like straight away, she was like, no, that's not the aim of what we're going for. She was like, we're focused on the group. We are focused on that first game, getting a result and going from there. And there was no talking about anything else. How do they approach the game against Australia? I think they're stop going. Stop Sam Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop Sam Kerr is probably going to be the main one. Like this Australia team has been on a very similar journey to this Irish team in that they've had potential for so long and they haven't really been able to tap into it. And literally around the same time that Vera Powell came into Ireland, Tony Gustavson came into Australia and has slowly just been chipping away at the team and building the team that he wants in the same way that Vera's been doing it. And they're only, I would say, in the last like six to eight months starting to really hit their stride, uh, which, of course, is great timing for us. We're delighted to see it. Um, and there's real optimism in Australia that this team can, you know, go all the way. So number one is going to be stopping Sam Kerr. But I also think if Ireland want to get something out of this group, we really need to sort out how we're going to attack because... We can't just depend... When they have someone like Sam Kerr, you have to assume that she is going to get a goal. And she's not the only... I mean, if Caitlin Ford is out at the moment, if she's fit again, she's also very, very nifty at getting a goal. There's a couple of options we need to shut down there, and I think we need to look at it as like we can't just throw everyone behind the ball and hope that we don't concede. I think we need to sort out that front option. Um Leanne Kiernan back on the bench for Liverpool at the weekend. Hopefully, there's so few games left, but hopefully she gets a bit of play in time because I really think she could be a good option. Mm. I do think we're getting closer. I definitely think the US games showed us that we're getting closer. It's just the finishing. We yeah. really need to sort that out. Shane, you want to go in there and just give them a few I pointers? Know, yeah, 30 <laughs> yards top in. Well, we'll take that against Australia, wouldn't we? First game, Absolutely. last minute. Any result will do, to be honest. We'll take a draw. Um, you mentioned Caitlin Ford there. Nice segue into Arsenal last night in the WSL, Kathleen. Um, it was the night of games being over by the first 20 oh, minutes. <laughs> kind of boring, but like, yeah, because all of Arsenal's action was in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Chelsea as well were like 2 0 up after 11 minutes and went on to win 6 0. Uh, so it was just, yeah, a general night for games being over very early. But uh, yeah. Great performance from Arsenal. Uh, great to see Blackstenius get those two goals. And 
and also very good to see Pilova scoring as well mm. one of those players that when she signed I was really excited for knew she wasn't going to be a first team player initially um, because of the team that we had she came last summer um, but one of those really exciting young talents and then just with the way Arsenal season has gone they've been so dependent on these younger players I mean I looked at our bench for Wolfsburg and I think out of the five players that were on there four of them had never put on a senior jersey like Jeez. that's the general level of injury that they have at the moment uh, Frida Manum as well has really stepped up she got her second goal in two games um, there last night but yeah I think Brighton have been on like a tiny bit of uh, resurgence under Melissa Phillips, who was at London City Lionesses and nearly brought them to promotion in the into the WSL, and then weirdly left to go to Angel City a couple of weeks ago, and then turned up at Brighton again. So I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but um, she has brought them on a bit of a resurgence. So I didn't go into this match thinking it was going to be a complete easy walk. I thought Arsenal would win, but I didn't expect it to be quite as uh, overwhelming as it was. Mm. Nice assist from Katie McCabe as well for Stina. Black Senius's first goal. Very classic Katie scrambling up the wing and then uh, yeah, just in over the top of Black Senius's head. So What's Katie's role against Australia? (laughs) Where where does she play? (laughs) Where does she play or where do I want her to play? (laughs) Two very different questions. Um, If if you're Stephen Kenny, right? Stephen Kenny just takes the job for the day from Vera Powell. He's going to say to Katie McCabe, he's going to say to all the Irish players, we can actually beat these, but we're not going to play conservative for 90 minutes. So is Vera, is she thinking we just have to stop Australia and hope for hope that we nick one like from a set piece or... Where, yeah, I'm going around about, but like, yeah, where? Because then you have to utilize Katie McCabe in an attacking sense and say you have to hurt them here, as opposed to like we have to sit behind the ball for ninety minutes. Yeah, I think it. I would have said that Vera would have played conservatively, but then in the US they didn't play conservatively, and like I know we didn't win the games, but like the results were pretty good mm. if we had converted some of those blooming chat. Like we had so many chances. It actually still irks me that we didn't manage to convert more of them. So I think if she lines up like that against Australia, I've, I would be happy, even if they didn't get the win, because I was like, at least we're going out to win it. But I have a feeling that, I don't know. It, it also depends on the squad she brings and who she decides to bring, because she's had big squads and all those, so she's been able to move around and play a little less conservatively, but she only has 23 to bring to Australia. So That's horrible for those, obviously, this mm. are on the fringes. Tough decisions for a manager. Yeah, 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 it is. That is horrible. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.